Good morning, Journey Church. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. Let's stand and let's worship our Lord this morning.
everybody. You can grab a seat. I'm Dave, and I really want to welcome you, especially moms. Happy Mother's Day. I love today. Special moment. It's not nearly enough. I can't believe we only honor you once a year. But man, this is a day, and we want it to be a special day. There's something else special that we like to do on Mother's Day. And that's what makes you a mother is the fact that you are a parent, that you have little ones or somewhere in between. Maybe yours are grown, but that, that you have given of yourself so that another can live and flourish and do well. And so once a year, we like to do the dedication ceremony for our new children. And this last service, we had the stage packed. I know everybody was anxious to get out to lunch for moms. And thank you guys for, for coming to second service. I want to just tell you that dedication is a, is a special experience that goes all the way back to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And what we find in that story, there's a woman named Hannah who was desperate to have a child. And for some reason, she was unable to for years. And so she would go to the temple, um, which was the Jewish custom. And at that time, each year, she would go every year and bring sacrifices to honor God and ask for this one thing. And finally, after years and years and years of begging God and waiting and praying, she went to the temple one day. And in just total exasperation, she was weeping and she couldn't even formed the words out loud so her lips were moving and the priest sees her and thinks she's drunk because of the way she's carrying on so he goes over to ask her why are you drunk in the in the temple and she says no sir I am not drunk this is not something that I have done in excess what it is my soul is grieved over not having a child and she said what I wanted most of all was a child and I'm just praying out to the Lord one more time. The priest at the time says, well, this is what the Lord says. This time next year, you will have a son. And she said, well, this is my prayer. I've prayed this and I make this my pledge that if God gives me a son, I will dedicate him back to the Lord for all of his life, that he will be a servant of God. We find that that's exactly what happened. A year later, she had a son. And a few years later, she brings him to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord and makes that pledge that he will serve you all his life with God as much as, much as I'm able. I'm going to give him to you. So we find Jesus' parents did the same thing. The eighth day when Jesus was uh, just a baby, they brought him to the temple to be dedicated to the Father. This is something that we do as a church that we say we recognize these little ones are a gift from God. First of all, they're not ours. Life is his. When the Bible says that we are to, the two will become one flesh in Genesis, husband and wife, literally, this is how we become one flesh. DNA from this, DNA from that, become one. We are literally giving birth to our oneness. That's what we celebrate today. This is a gift from God, and we want to give the child kind of in, in a dedication ceremony back to God and say, God, I know they're yours. They're entrusted to us for a season. So the second thing we know is not only are they a gift, but they're a stewardship responsibility. In other words, we have to do this well, and we need help. So parents, what we're going to do is we're going to invite those of you who are dedicating your children to come join me on the stage right here in the middle. You can make your way up right now. And as the parents are joining me on the stage with their little ones, I just want to say again, 
This is not just a pledge that they're making for their child. This is a family event. You guys can come right on up here behind me. And what we are saying together as a church community, if I could have my staff and any other team members who are here just kind of step in behind them, that'd be great. As a church community, what we're saying is we want a part in this. We recognize we are a church family. And for those of you who know these individuals on the stage and for those of you who are still coming to know them, here's what we ask. They're pledging to God that this child will, to their best of their ability, be raised to know and follow Jesus. Our pledge as a church community is that we will resource them, we will love them, and we will pray for them as those of us who know them can, asking God to bless them and encourage them and give them wisdom for this task. So that's what we're going to be doing. Parents, welcome. And little ones, thank you for coming up here. I know it's a scary place to be, but this is such a special day. I'm going to step out here so people can see you guys. They want, and you, you guys step up just a little bit more. We want to see your smiling faces, and light is to the front. That better? <clears throat> Hi. This is one of my favorite things. I don't know about you. I love being a dad, and I love this season of life. And I am so excited that you guys have decided that this is a pledge you want to take before God. And so between us, what we're saying to God today is, first of all, thank you. This is your gift. We know it's your life entrusted to us, and we thank you. Second, help us. God, we recognize that this is the greatest adventure of life, but it's also the most challenging. We know that we don't know what we need to know to do this perfectly. And we'll only do it to the best of our ability, but God, with your help, we can do this well. So we're asking God's blessing on you. And what we're asking you to think about in this is this. When we're done here, what you're saying is, God, I want to trust you. Because dedication is dedicating the parents just as much as it is dedicating the child. You're dedicating yourself to say, I'm going to do this to honor you. I'm going to lead them to experience you. And remember, kids have never been good at listening to their parents, but they've never failed to repeat them. They've never failed to mimic them. So you all have to realize life is more caught than taught. Watch what you do and how you live. They're watching every moment. Children are like wet cement. You get a moment to do your work and, fa and fashion it the best you can, and it sets in quick. Their personality, their habits, and their behaviors will settle in quick. So that's why you need this first important step. God, help us, and we trust you. So what you're doing is saying, God, we're dedicating ourselves, we're dedicating our little ones, and we're asking for your care and direction as we seek to follow Jesus and lead them to know you. You're pledging that. Church family, we're pledging that we are going to resource the ministries that support families. That's why we do Parents' Night Out. That's why we do seminars for parents. That's why we do marriage retreats. Because your marriage is the most important part of this picture. Your relationship is number one. So God, we need your help. And parents and family, we're saying, God, we want to resource them. That's why we give offerings. That's why we give tithes. That's why we help give scholarships to parents and things when they go to retreats. We have kids camps. We want to sponsor and support this family well. So our side, prayer and support. Right now, what I want to do is I'm going to pray over you, but I'd like to get to know who we're dedicating. So if you guys would mind, wouldn't mind passing this down, one of you will speak. Uh, just 
introduce yourselves, first names, and your child and your child's age, and just tell us who we're dedicating this morning. Good morning, Journey. My name is Kyle. This is my wife, Becca. This is our lovely little girl, Lily. She is almost seven months old. She wants a microphone. Woo! Good morning, Journey Church. My name is Ptolemy Matthews. This is my wife, Nasa. And this is Simona and Jasper. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. This is my husband, Alex, Alexa, and I'm Jessica. Beautiful, beautiful. Good morning. I'm Emma. This is my husband, Adam. These are our three daughters, Elena, she turned nine yesterday, Lola, she, nice. Lola's six, and Sunny is two minus a couple months, so like one, <coughs> one point nine, 1.8, <laughs> I don't know. One point, yeah, you can hang on to that. Tyler's going to take that in just a moment, but if I could have the staff, anybody else who's in the house, come and join me on the stage. This is the moment we pray, and what we're saying is, God, this is now our entrusting ourselves and our child to you. They're going to lay their hands on you as a representation of the priests who would take the child and dedicate them. I'm going to lay my hands just down the line and pray as I pray the blessing. Church family, let's join together and ask God's blessing. God, we seek your favor today. God, on each one of these little ones, you have given life, beauty, possibility. The joy of life in this parenting moment, Lord God, is entrusted back to you as we recognize each of these little ones is yours first and foremost. Not only are they yours, but you've given us this incredible opportunity and responsibility. And so each of these parents, as they dedicate their child, they dedicate themselves as well. And they're asking God that you would be their leader, the voice, the everything that concerns them would actually be taken to you, and they would feel your presence every day and every step. God, as a church family, we support them. We reach out our hands as an extension of yours, and we ask, oh God, that their daily provision would be from you, that the stressors and the anxiety and the tense moments and the frustrations and later the friction and the growing through puberty into adulthood for these kids would not destroy them, but God, it would bring them closer. That day by day, moment by moment, they would learn to learn your voice. They would learn to trust your voice. And they would learn to follow your voice. That they would be the example that the child would follow to know and experience you. And one day, on their own, make a decision to be a follower of Jesus. So we dedicate now these little ones back to you, our Father. And ask your guidance both on the child and on the family and upon us as a church, that we would honor you until you return. We pray this dedication in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you guys. So good. What we want to do as you exit the stage, uh, our staff are going to hand you a gift that's for you and your child. Take that home as a reminder of our appreciation and the special day celebrated today. So you guys, God bless, and we will see you after service. You guys can head to your kid's space. We're going to continue with worship. Please stand with me as we sing.
take a seat. I want to say a quick happy Mother's Day. I was going to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> My gosh. That's how you know I've been running around all morning. Merry Christmas. Nah, <laughs> even that was about to get taken away from our moms. Happy Mother's Day, moms. This day is about you, not Christmas. I get the opportunity to share with our, about giving this morning, and I just want to read a verse. I, we're in a really cool series. I, I got to talk about it last week, but it's honestly one of the coolest series I think we've ever done, just because it's so countercultural. Uh, we've been in this series called Bottled Up, and the whole point is that majority of the time it's easier to get stuck in behavior modification rather than heart transformation. And the reality is, is that God is not as interested in our initial behavior change as he is in our heart being turned towards him because behaviors come as a result of what's going on in our hearts. But I think that's so relevant to our giving because in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says this, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. See, we try to even make giving religious, so we want to put rules on it, like you got to give and, and then God's going to love you, or we do this to appease God, to make him happy with us, like, so we manipulate and we twist arms, you know, to try to get people, and you see that in churches all the time, but God's not looking for us to just give in hopes that we're going to be right with him, or we, get, we, don't, we don't give to keep us, you know, maybe if I pay a little bit, you know, slip a little towards Jesus. I get to go to heaven. You know, like, we, we have all kinds of interesting rules, and, and we get really religious about it. But God is after our hearts this morning. Because it's not our money that's going to change the world, but it is a heart that beats for Jesus and his kingdom that will transform the world. And when we become generous, not just to get more, but because we already have so much, we experience even more than just financial gain. We experience hope. We experience life in our families, our relationships, our children, the next generation. Do you know that when we give, we are also preparing the next generation for a church and a world that still has the church a part of it? I love the way that Proverbs puts it. Proverbs 11:25 says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. In a culture that says, you got to get yours because no one else is looking out for you, the kingdom and, and our father himself is saying, no, nah, it's actually the exact opposite. And you know, I give him credit because it's kind of like the guy who made up Monopoly. If you make the game up and you make the rules, I guarantee it's the best way to play. And I figure the kingdom is the exact same way, that the world we live in is the exact same way if we believe that our Father is the creator of all things, then maybe, just maybe, he knows what he's talking about, and his way of doing things is the best way. So as the ushers come, I'm going to pray over our giving this morning. If you're new, we ask for nothing from you. We would love to know that you were here today. Uh, we have opportunities at the hotspot um, to let us know that you came. We'd love to, to just send out a welcome to you. You can go to the hotspot for that. But I just want to pray. God, we thank you so much that you give so much. We thank you, Father, that you have changed um, and transformed our lives, the world through your church, and that you are continuing to fight for goodness, for hope, 
and a world to find your son. God, I pray this morning that you would bless those who give, that you would bless our moms, that they'd experience just a, a recharge in their batteries, a sense of peace in their spirits. God, that you would be glorified today. Thank you. Thank you that we get to be here. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, while the ushers are taking that, we've got some announcements for you. Good morning, Journey Church. We want to welcome those here with us and those online. I am Cassandra, and this is my friend Tanya here. And we are part of your Journey Mops leadership. Here at Journey, Mops doesn't just stand for moms of preschoolers. It stands for moms on purpose. We are all different types of moms, from moms of babies to pregnant moms to moms of teenagers to moms whose kiddos have moved out. So if you'd like to join us, you are welcome. Uh, we'd like to dismiss the fifth and sixth graders to the lobby right now to join their classes. And we wanna let our new folks know that we have a sweet treat for you in the hot spot. If you'll stop by, it's out in the lobby. Um, also, if you have a fussy little one, all of our extra babies today, you can uh, head out to the cry room on the left here. You can see the service, hear it, but we can't hear you. <laughs> Moms, today is all about you, and we have a special gift just for you. Just go ahead and drop by that flower cart that is outside and pick up a bouquet. And we'd like to thank Emma Avalos for creating these beautiful bouquets. We're also kicking off our uh, CareNet fundraiser. You can pick up an empty baby bottle at the hotspot as well. We will uh, have those all collected again by Father's Day. Coming up pretty soon on June 22nd, we are going to have a MOPS meeting for anybody who is interested in joining the MOPS leadership. We're gonna go ahead and do that at 10 a.m. at Butler's Coffee on June 22nd. So if you'd like to join the leadership and see how you can help serve the moms um, here at Journey, we would greatly appreciate you joining us. Um, and then on June 2nd, Sunday, June 2nd, we have baptisms coming up, both services. This is the way that a person um, goes public with their faith in Jesus. So if you are ready to do that, go ahead and stop out at the hotspot so that you can sign up and they will get you all the information you need so that you can get baptized. The big event this summer is the J Kids Day Camp, June 17th through 21st. Bring your first through sixth graders, drop them off. We will have all kinds of fun with them, teach them a little about Jesus and hand them back at the end of the day. You can sign up at the hotspot. I believe registration is $150. And last but not least, we have man camp coming up. That is next weekend, May 17th through the 19th. It's a Friday through a Sunday. If you want to go, you need to get out there and get signed up. That is $155. Um, if you don't get signed up this week, you're going to miss out on all kinds of really awesome stuff. Apparently, they're going to do all kinds of man stuff um, <laughs> out there in the mountains. And they're going to do outdoor recreation, connect with other guys, just kind of hang out. So if you want to do that, you need to get right on that um, and stop at the hot spot today. Thank you. We'd like to invite you to uh, stand up and greet your neighbors.
mom because I love her. Well, I love her because she, because, because, because I just like to hug her. She hugs. She kisses me. I like her and she, and she, and, and, and she makes me cookies. I love my mom because she has a freckle. She gave us a bunch of toys. A million hundred. She helped me get some water to the bathtub for me. And 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 she and she white and she and she looks so pretty. She gives me hugs all the time. I love my mom because she plays with my brother and she plays with me. I love her because because she doesn't do any bad things to me. She takes me to uh, the doctor sometimes. I love my mom this much. I love you, Mom. I love you, Mom. I love you, Mama. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And happy Mother's Day to you as well. So fun. And don't, isn't it fun how kids can just kind of be like at home? They're like so normal and then they can get so weird when they get in public. This is a great day for moms. And we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about some really, I think, significant things, important things. And it, it really could be some life-changing things. Moms, we recognize that your job is like nothing else in the world. As a matter of fact, I mean, we can't even relate what it's like for those of you who actually had a human life inside you for month after month after month after month, the bond that takes place in there. What we're going to be talking about is the fact that, moms, your job is not easy. As a matter of fact, as a person who's observed lots and lots of mothers, I don't know how you do it. We're going to be talking about stress today talking about bottled up emotions in our series we've been talking Tyler mentioned this about the fact that man we can sometimes have all kinds of unhealthy stuff going on inside while we're trying to present a great life outside and what Jesus is inviting us into is a relationship that literally transforms us in here we've all been a part or know people who've been part of church systems or religious systems that they get the outside kind of cleaned up. But inside, there's all kinds of unhealth. And we want you healthy inside and out. So talking about stress today, we're just thinking about what it is that your mom is under? What is it that the ladies are going through? And it's not that this is completely unique to them. But mom, we recognize the fact that there are time pressures. I mean, you are the master jugglers. I don't know how professionals do it any better than moms do because moms literally thank you number one there we go this this is one of those things where we talk about time demands Moms, I, I don't know anybody who has more of this going on. Mom, 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 mom. And grabbing and reaching and I want your attention. I want your full concentration right here. Time demands. 
There is the professional side. There is the personal side. There is the cleaner. There is the cook. There is the bottle washer. There is the person who everybody wants your full attention. You got school issues. You got friend issues. You got no time for yourself. Moms, this has got to be incredibly stressful. We recognize that there are strained finances in most parents' lives. There's at least seasons where we go through life with too much week at the end of the month. I mean, too much, too little money at the end of the month. We like, listen, yesterday we went out and did some shopping. We, it was uh, the special yard sale day out in the Ona Valley. So we spent the day out there and we're gathering all this stuff. Uh, one of my sons is getting their first home. And so we're trying to help them fill it. And when you realize what, you know, what a tight budget people are on, you look at that and you remember why somebody's getting something. They're asking $3 for something. And you say, would you take one? <laughs> it's like, for one buck, come on, for real? If people are asking for 50 cents off on something, it's like, really? Because honestly, financial strain is a part of our lives. And, and moms, sometimes you feel it in a very unique way. Then there's the relational demands. There's the balance of the husband who is also a child and needs your attention many times, who wants that first place in your life and he knows he's been booted and he's now second seat, third seat, fourth seat oftentimes. And there's the relational, there's the romantic side of marriage, there's the, the, the parenting thing, there's friends if you have any anymore <laughs> once you become a parent. There's all the challenges of family and parents. You have a lot to balance in relationships. Then you're balancing your own fears. Because let's be honest, if you read the newspaper at all, it's a crazy, nutso world. And parents are always on the, the, the lookout for, is there any weirdness in my circle of life? Anybody, predators, is, you know, school shootings and all these things. So parents, moms are particularly on high alert because they know the world is a dangerous place. Then there is the self-doubt. And as I was reading this past week, I feel so badly for the moms of our generation because what we found is this generation suffers from the self-esteem of motherhood decline like no other. And here's the primary reason they're finding, because of the internet and social media. As a matter of fact, what I read was there's a direct correlation between how many hours moms spend on social media comparing themselves and their personal feeling of inadequacy. Moms who spend a lot of time on social media feel more depressed, less competent, and less positive about their parenting skills. Moms, there's a lot pulling on you today. And there's some important things we want to talk about regarding stress and anxiety and pressure. Because God, believe me, he has a lot to say about this. And Jesus talked directly to this. But here's the first thing. Not all stress is bad. We recognize that some stress in life is good. If we didn't have some resistance, we couldn't grow muscles. We couldn't grow bones. Our tendons wouldn't get strong. Gravity in itself is a stress. It's resistance. We know that certain amount of stress is necessary for us to develop our own personality, our own character, and our own morality. But there is also a wrong kind of stress that affects you very badly. The wrong kind of stress affects your mood, it affects your relationships, it affects your health, and it affects your mental health. And so what we want to do is we kind of want to pull back a little bit. And we want to try and get a perspective, an eternal perspective, on a temporary situation. Because most stress 
involves temporary circumstances that we are just under the weight of. And what we want to find is what Jesus said about this. So Matthew chapter 11 is going to be our launch point today. Jesus is dealing with a first century crowd. And remember, in the first century, that was the oldest the world had ever been to them. That was the most knowledge they had ever accumulated. These people thought they themselves were the knowers of all things because they had accumulated all the wisdom of the years and people before. And so the Greco-Roman world that Jesus entered found itself the possessors of more knowledge, more written information, more uh, at their fingertips than ever before. And so these folks felt like they had it figured out best they could. Jesus comes into this world, and he tells them, listen, come, 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 come in, come to me. Because what Jesus was recognizing as he was looking around at the world that he was in, he was recognizing all the stress and the pressures. I mean, and this is a culture where you still had, if you wanted bacon and eggs, you had to go kill the, the pig. You had to go get the eggs. You had to literally skin them, clean them, prepare them, bring them in. Your water, if you were going to have a bath for you and your kids, you would have to go to the river or to the well or to the nearest place, and you would have to get it in buckets, bring it home, and then hopefully you got it warm a little bit, but most the water was going to be cold just knowing there was no water heater. They didn't even know what running water was, nor did they know what it would be to have a warm shower. This is a different world, and they were dealing with the stuff of their generation. Jesus says, listen, I see what you're going through. I see how the world and the life that you're under is so burdensome that your lives feel like they're all work and no joy. So come in close, come in close. And here's what he said. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. I know as a young parent when I when my kids were little um, we had sleep issues in our house Did anybody else have those where the kids just don't sleep they don't sleep the normal things normal schedule and therefore you don't sleep well this was our story and I remember going year after year after year so sleep deprived that I just think I would think sometimes you know I can't wait to go to heaven so I can sleep <laughs> I'm gonna spend the first three months in just sleep and isolation I don't want, I even thought about going to prison for a while so I could get a solitary confinement just so I could be, and I wasn't even mom. I was just thinking, man, there's, there's, this is just insane. And Jesus is looking at our story and he's looking at our experience in the world. He's like, listen, I know what you're going through. I can see it on you. I recognize the way that life and joy and the anticipation of good things has leaked out or been squeezed out of you. And I want to invite you into something new. Come to me. If you're weary, burdened, crushed, and that idea of burden, it means that excessive load, and it's a picture of a, a, a beast of burden like an animal that would work the fields. Oh, under too much stress to the point of collapse. He goes, I see that. So here's the answer. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your, and I love this, for your soul. So much of the time we think we need rest for our body. I need rest for my mind. I need rest, rest, rest. But Jesus is saying, but you don't realize 
Again, this is what's going on inside of you, and what's happening inside of you is all over you. I'm concerned about that inner working, your soul. I want your soul to be replenished because when your soul is in right alignment, your life will be in right alignment. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just so we kind of have a, a clear picture of what he was talking about here. In the first century, a yoke had a couple meanings, particularly in the agrarian culture because they were farmers and then they were field workers and so many of them had to deal with their own hands on to get their food. Jesus was saying, I want you to come under the yoke. Now, a yoke, as you probably know, was that big wooden thing that they put around the necks of the animals so they could pull the plow or work implements. And basically, you would yoke two oxen together and they had to be equally paired and the yoke was particularly designed so that if one of them were to pull away from the other, if they were unequal in their drive, guess what? The thing would twist on the neck and it would choke both of them. It would bring pain to them. Jesus is basically looking at us and he's saying, listen, listen, the way you're doing your life, you have yoked your life up to systems of belief and systems and habits that are so out of whack that it's suffocating the life out of you. I want you to come and take my yoke. I'm going to teach you how to pull the weight. Because let me be honest, so many of you, particularly you moms, you have taken on so much responsibility that it's like you're trying to pull this great big plow all by yourself sometimes. And what happens is it's literally squeezing the life out of you because it's out of alignment. And Jesus was saying, when you yoke up with me, I will teach you the way to live in a rhythm and a balance and in a way that is going to bring life, not destroy life. If you're feeling right now, and, and some of you probably came in here today like a little yoke neck, you know, you're kind of like your neck just feels out of joint. You just feel like life is a little bit out of kilter. Jesus was saying, I see you. I see that crooked neck is a real sure sign. That Not only that, but that crooked life, the fact that your rows look like this, that the product of your life, that the outcome of your life is not a really healthy thing. I see you. And I'm inviting you into a relationship where I'm going to partner with you and we're going to pull at my pace. I, I remember Andy Stanley, is one of the pastors I listened to, he, he said that patience is traveling at the pace of others. I hate that. How many of you, how many of you are a little bit like more in the speed zone than other people? You, you like a little faster life? I like my pace a little bit faster. That's why when I get on the freeway and I get in the fast lane and you're going slower than me, get out of the way. I'm just saying, the fast lane was made for faster people. So if you're not the, amen anybody? Okay, thank you. So if you're not the faster person, move over, please. And just so you know, just so you know, that lane with the stripes and all that, that lane that's meant for multiple people in a car, that lane is also exercises at the fast lane with people in the car. So when you have extra people in the car, that's the fast lane for people with extra people. Just saying. Fast to the left, slow to the right. Just now that we've said that, we can go home. Amen. <clears throat> but here's the thing. I've discovered that the world doesn't travel at my pace. And I've discovered that my life is not flourishing and joy-filled when I am pushing the pedal to the metal all the time. 
I miss out on the greatest parts of my relationships. I miss out on the greatest parts of God's voice and his work in my life. And Jesus saying, come to me. Yoke up with me. I'm going to teach you a pace of life that is sustainable. Where you're actually creating something in the wake of your life that others will gain nourishment and joy and celebration from. Your life is meant to be a blessing to others. And the product of your life is not really healthy now. Come to me. So he was saying that, first of all, he wants to yoke up our lives with his and learn a sustainable way of living. Our workload has to be balanced. Otherwise, we will be out of whack. And Jesus then comes and gives a second part of this. The image comes in two parts. This is the rabbi part. So this is the spiritual part for the Jewish people particularly. Rabbis were really significant people in their community. The rabbi was the spiritual teacher. He was the one that read and studied the manuscripts. So he would read the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. He would read the prophets. He would read the wisdom literature and the Psalms. And then he would interpret those things, just like a pastor would today, to his audience. But his audience was typically a handful of people, generally handpicked, the brightest of the bright of a community. He would take them and they would be his Talmudim, or his disciples, and he would give them his yoke. His yoke was basically his way of interpreting scriptures and then living as a result. So we would have a rabbi who would come and say, take on my yoke. He would say, take on the way I interpret this scriptures and the way I live. Jesus is inviting us to be his Talmudim. He's inviting us to be his apprentices. And he's saying, by getting up close to me, because the thing about a yoke, you got to be really, really close. And when you get up close, I'm going to teach you my way of seeing the world, my way of interpreting the circumstances, my way of viewing the scriptures and the holy words. I want you to join me. Because, folks, what we learn is when we're out of sync, we're out of fun. We're out of joy. We're out of life. And see, this happens in the most regular and normal kinds of things. I've been telling you guys about a project I've been undergoing for the last year and a half. And, and I know it's like, poor Dave, you know, big baby is up there talking about his swimming pool. Like, how many people have a swimming pool? I waited 35 years in our marriage, and we always dreamed of having one. So finally we said, we're just going to get the loan. We're just going to do it. We're going to go ahead and build it. And because what we found out first thing is when we designed our pool and went to get the, we had to have a retaining wall to push back this because it has to be a certain distance from the house and the wall and our house comes like sits on a on a hill that slopes right up like to our backyard and so we had to put in a retaining wall to push that back so that's like half the price of the pool so we ended up having to do so much of the work ourselves so we're out there digging these five foot wide three foot deep footings and we worked and worked and worked and worked and it took months and months and months and just as we finished that and we were getting into the stage where they were, pour, they were digging the pool and they were putting in the, the basic uh, concrete, the, the gunite, I got really, really sick. And I spent all of last summer in, in and out of the hospital and just literally um, recovering from a really, really bad illness. And what we finally did is this past couple weeks, we finally got back underway, got it so close that it's like, Lord, please, we have to have it ready by the warm season. We have to. That's the whole point of this. I don't want to die without having experienced a swimming pool in my <laughs> Just saying, God, it's like selfish, but I know. People are out there starving, and I'm just crying about a swimming pool, but here we are. But here's the thing. So we got to this final stage, 
where we tried for four or five weeks to get final, you know, get the inspection passed on all the security devices, the fence around the pool, and all the alarms, and all that stuff they require these days. And it literally took me like five trips to the county, an hour and a half a day, and just waiting. Finally, they said, you can go ahead and put plaster, and when you put plaster, the same day the water goes in because it cures the plaster, otherwise the plaster you know, collapses or it dries too cool or whatever. And they said, it's absolutely essential. You have to get your water that day. Problem is, we live on the mountainside on a well, and our well is a very poor producer. I mean, it just, it can't even keep pace with just my family, much less we don't have a yard or a tree or, well, now we do, but we didn't, we, nothing. And so I'm like, where do I get the water? They said, well, you got to tank it in. You got to truck it in. I'm like, wow, that doesn't sound very good. Finally, so I spent literally weeks discovering who the tank trucks were and who would deliver water, and this is only certain kind of water. It can't be regular construction water, blah, blah, blah. Finally lined up a guy who said he would do it. But then, it, of course, we got delayed for three months. So when I go back to him and say, okay, we're ready to go. Are you good to go? Here's the date. We got the date. It's next week. It's going to be this Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. He's like, hey, man, sorry to tell you, but I can't do it anymore. Because of the new regulations, they've cited me, and four of my trucks are down, so I can't help you. I'm like, yeah, you can. I got the plaster guys already set, and they're coming. You have to be here. You got to. I'm literally, you've got to come. You are my only hope. He's like, sorry, dude, can't help you. So I literally got on the phone, and I spent for an entire day calling and calling and calling everybody from Bakersfield to Los Angeles who delivers water, and I could only find one company. And they said, listen, we can do half the loads, but you're going to have to find another company to do the other half. That's just how it works. I was so panicked. I finally got a hold of that guy again. And listen, I finally got somebody to do half loads. Would you please just do the other half? I will pay extra. I will give you another $3 per load, whatever it takes. Just kidding. I'm cheap. But I was like, no, listen, I would, I would literally, whatever it takes, I need, the, I need the water, please. And he's like, finally, I talked him into it. He goes, well, you know, I got to rearrange everything. And da, 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 da. he did. He rearranged all his loads and all his schedule and all his drivers and finally got it all set. So I'm like, we are in. The day before we were supposed to get plaster and water, I mean, I'm like calling to confirm everything. Got it all confirmed. I get a phone call <laughs> around noon. Plaster truck's broken down. They're not going to be here tomorrow. You got to reschedule everybody. I literally felt like I was going to have a panic attack on somebody. <laughs> it's nice to share. <laughs> and I literally felt like this cannot be real life. This is not real life. Can't be happening. And I've told everybody who's watched this whole journey, it is absolutely hysterical, except that it's not. And we're... So I'm literally on the phone calling the water companies going, oh, come on, please answer, answer, answer. And I got their voicemail. They know my number by now. And they're, they're not answering. Literally, all day long, they're not answering. I'm like, ah, you know, we got to push this back one day. Please call me. Please call me. Can you please help me? I finally get a hold of the one person. They said, listen, we're only going to be able to do about half of the half. So you got to find somebody else to do the other half. And maybe you got that storage tank on it. You could use that and all this. And so I was literally stressed out for the entire day. Finally, by the end, I had to let them know by 2 o'clock whether we were on for plaster the next day. I finally got a hold of the guy. He said, okay, I'm going to rearrange everything again. And I'm going to do this one last time, but this better not change. And I was finally like, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. And so finally, that day, we got, well, here's the point. There was a moment. <laughs> there was a moment. When I was, um, it was 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd gone to bed at 11. It's late, late there, sleepless till midnight. And so it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I'm awake again. And I'm literally like, ugh. 
come on, God. I'm trying to be a good pastor. Does that buy me any credit? I'm trying to be a good husband. I'm trying to be a good father. Not only that, I tithe. Come on, what else do you want from me? I mean, I'm literally laying it all out. God, please, you know, why don't you show me some favor here? Finally, in the middle of the night, it's probably about 4, 35 o'clock, I, I got up, I just knew I wasn't going to sleep, so I went out and I sat on the side of our house and I just started watching the sunrise. And as the sun was rising, I just had this sense of surrender. It's like, and this was before anybody had agreed. This was when I could not find anybody to return my calls. I literally said, God, I give up. I'm giving it to you. I'm out of control. And my emotions are out of control, and I'm not caring for anybody well. I'm not able to attend to anybody's needs right now because I'm so f stressed and frustrated. And it was just one of those moments where I don't know that anything unlocked in heaven. It wasn't like an angel came and visited me and gave me manna or something. It was, it was just one of those moments where I kind of like, okay, I just got to get up, and I'll do what I can do, and then I have to leave the rest to you. And I think that's what God is trying to get to us because it was that next day when I finally got the calls and everything lined up and the plaster guys came, their pump broke down and they couldn't work for the first two hours, but it was another thing. That was the day we got everything and they actually finished early. And I had to stop and thank God. I'm like, you did hear my prayer. Father in heaven, thank you. But here's what I'm learning. Jesus' invitation is for real world people living with real world problems. Real life. This is not some Bible story. This is you and your stress. This is me and my stress. This is you with your kids, and this is me with my kids. This is you and your job and your family and your issues and your whatever. This is the real stuff. Because here's the problem. We try to paste Jesus' talk over somebody else's stuff and somebody else's story without really trying to bring it into ours, and it doesn't work. That's why Jesus said, I want you to get this inside of you. The rest that I'm bringing, the nourishment of your soul, this, this life that I'm giving, it has to be brought into your heart in order to transform you inside out. And for me, it was in that moment, it was external, it was somewhere else, it was somebody else's story, it was somebody else's God, it was somebody else's faith because I just couldn't believe for my own story. And Jesus is saying the invitation is for your real world right now. Because God is concerned about everyday things that stress us out. And that's why Jesus was telling us to do these things. And, and we kind of like, but okay, but what does that look like? How do I do that? What we do is when we want to know what somebody means by what they say, we look at what they do. Because people's actions identify and clarify their words. That's why when Jesus says, come to me, and draw near and share a yoke, we like, well, what does that look like? There's a story I want to share quickly. This is Luke 10, 38. Jesus and his disciples were continuing on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village, and there was a woman named Martha who welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. <clears throat> but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset about all these details. 
there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. So here we have a classic story a lot of us can relate to. Because if any of you know what it's like to have a coworker, a family member, a friend that you're supposed to be sharing a, a yoke with, you're supposed to be doing work with, and you're carrying all the weight. It's like your neck is completely tweaked because this lazy bum on the side over here isn't carrying their work. And you feel the strain of that because you're trying to make something happen. You're trying to get the job done, and you're, you're carrying people. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't have to raise your hand, but do you? This is the Martha complex. Martha comes to Jesus seeing that she's doing all the work, and she says, hey, Jesus, um, in case you haven't noticed, this isn't fair. This is basically saying my sister isn't carrying her load, and I'm doing all the work. Does that seem unfair to you? Rhetorical question. Jesus, this is so unfair. Why aren't you doing something about it? I love what this story looks like. Even in the old days, people were worried about fairness and people doing their work. And Martha basically saying, hey, Jesus, um, don't you see all that I'm doing? Don't you see how hard I'm trying? I got up and came to church. I got all the kids ready. I got the husband ready. I got the car. I mean, we got here to church. Can you see what I'm trying to do? Can you see how hard I'm working? Can you see all the ways I'm investing, I'm doing? And God, can you make my load a little lighter? Can you help somebody help me? All of us assume that God sees the world like we do, but Jesus pulls her back. He's like, hey, wait, wait, wait. I want you to, I want you to step back to the 20,000-foot uh, 20, view, uh, view. I want you to see this differently. God sees it differently. Not only was Martha not the hero of the story as the hard worker, she was actually the person who was getting it wrong. She basically steps up. Because Martha is treating this moment like every other moment, but there are some moments that are more significant. My sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come help me. Mary caught it. Martha missed it. And if you're going to walk with Jesus in a way that is sustainable and life-giving, you need to catch this. Moms, if you're feeling like life is out of control and you're not sure if you can keep carrying the load sometimes, you need to hear this, that the words of Jesus are life-giving, that we are Martha's so many days of our year, and we are so often wrapped up in the day-to-day -day activities, the busyness, the doing, the accomplishing, and the work. And Jesus is saying there's a different priority in this new world order, this new kingdom he's, in, he's inviting us into. You need to learn this. He said, you're worried and upset, verse 20. And the word picture from the Greek here is you are somebody who is being pulled in many directions. Nobody knows that like a mom. Mom, 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 mom. Pulled in many directions. He said, and if, if you're noticing that you feel absolutely torn because you are, you're going all these different ways at once. And I want to... That's basically disintegration, when your body and soul is disintegrating. And to reintegrate, Jesus said, I want you to be integrated. I want you to be at one. Step up here and look. This is what you've missed, the fact that God of the universe is in your living room. That the God of promise from all the ages past has walked into your presence. And you're worried about the biscuits. 
You're worried about whether the plates match. You're worried about whether the things come out of the oven at the same time. <clears throat> and this is basically, you're breaking all the rules of hospitality, by the way. You're embarrassing your sister in front of me. You're asking a guest to intervene in a family problem. I mean, all these things, but, but really what you're doing here is you're missing the point. One thing I want you to be concerned about. If you're going to be pulled in a direction, he's like, I want you to be pulled in this direction. I want your heart to pull you in the direction of me. I want you to come, the yearnings that you have, I want you to recognize more than all this other stuff, you want more desperately, you want more deeply to connect with your creator. And I'm right here. Jesus' words were more of an invitation than a rebuke. Martha, you're worried and upset about all these details. There's only one thing worthy of being concerned about. Mary's found it. Come on. Moms, particularly today, I, I just want to tell you, um, on a day like today, I want to encourage you to be sensitive to the moments. Because here's what we do. We substitute productivity for people. We, we, would, we internalize all that's going on around us, and we prioritize, oftentimes, the productivity over the people. It's easy to do. Dads, we do this too. And God is placing people in your life as the priority. I'm always going, going, going. I love to feel busy. I love to be productive. But I've learned in this past season that there is so much more going on in the world than what I'm accomplishing with my hands. Even on the way over here this morning, I'm, I'm like literally going from that building to this building. And I'm pulling weeds on my way just because, like, does nobody see this? Come on. I'm going to preach on Martha, and I'm Martha all the way over here. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's just how I'm wired. But this is the thing I had to do this morning. I had to do this last week. I had to do this last night. I had to do what Jesus has invited us into. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. And I just want to wrap up with two things that the invitation, it may mean to you today. First, Jesus is right here in the room. Come to him. Jesus, the God of creation, the one who celebrated the first breath you took, the first step you took, he celebrated every moment of your life, and he's been watching and inviting and calling that the Jesus, who is the promised returned God to reign in the world, this Jesus, the Messiah, has issued an invitation for you to join him in life and to take on his yoke and to walk in a way that is flourishing, thriving, and joy-filled. And he's saying, you got, first of all, come to me. Hey, moms, if there's something I want to offer you today is that this invitation stands for you. As busy as you are, and certain things you can't get rid of. You just can't get rid of your kids. You can't get rid of some responsibilities. But some way, somehow, Jesus' invitation is to you to, to come to him. While they're asleep. While they're napping. Something else. that The invitation is to come to me. And take on my yoke, because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want to give you rest for your soul. He's right here. He's present, and he's answering the call to anybody who steps in and asks, God, help me. So today, first and foremost, the call of Jesus to join him in this life is right here. And he's asking you to come to him. How do I come to him? Jesus, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, gives the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of the it's one of the most clear-cut and easy ways to begin discovering what it means to walk with Jesus. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
and you can get the story of Jesus and the invitation of Jesus, I would encourage you to get yourself in those books and just stay there. Just camp there. Just read there. Just nourish your soul there. Just listen to the words there. And then just begin to ask God, how do I walk this? Get connected in a group of people that can help su support you, sustain you, lead you, guide you, encourage you. And this is your way. It's your invitation. Come to me. So first and foremost, Jesus' invitation is to him. And the second is this, that the most important people in our lives are here for a season. Don't miss it. This is the thing about it is life goes so quickly. Just yesterday, my kids were being packed in a minivan in their car seats to go to church. And, of course, I get up at, you know, I got to be at church seven-ish. And so all my life, Lori, at least all our married life with kids, Lori's been the one getting them ready and bringing them to church because I had to be there way, way before. And just thinking about this, my busyness and my craziness many, many times caused me to miss the actual importance of those moments. That frustration to get it done and get busy and move on to the next thing has sometimes cost me those precious moments. And here are some people in my life that are here for a season and gone. My children, they grow so fast. Just yesterday they were little. Now they're having little ones of their own. My parents, they don't live forever. And it's so easy to neglect the most important people of my past in my present. It's so easy to forget the, the precious gift God gave me in parents. And they're both alive. And I just encourage you, if yours are living, these are people who are here for a moment. And it's one of those opportunities slow down and enjoy them my friends most of us don't have time for deep friendships and our lives are poor for it but after all the work and after all the rushing and after all the busyness it's truly the relationships in life that make life good and the invitation of Jesus is to come do life with his family his body these friends I encourage you not to miss the friendships God has placed around you those that build and, and pour into your life, celebrate them. And finally, and most importantly today, perhaps other than Jesus, is mom. The mom in your house, I'm not just saying your mother, I'm saying the person who mothers in your family. Right now, it's your wife, could be your mother, but the person in your that's carrying the weight of that position, she's not in that role forever. And she's not superhuman. And she needs encouragement. So my challenge today is while you think about it and while you can, that you take the time this day and this week to honor her, recognize her great sacrifice, call out her good and, and continual commitment to your kids and your family, and celebrate her until it's embarrassing. Celebrate her until she's like, okay, stop, stop. That's enough. I mean, make it so obvious that you are just honoring her that it's like, because she gets it so rarely, she's not going to know how to take it. So I would just say, give it till it's awkward. Love and serve and celebrate and make her the focus. And just remember that moms carry a weight like nobody else. And at this moment, this day, she's a person worth celebrating. I want to pray for you guys. I'm going to send you out of here, and this band's going to come right now. But I want to pray a blessing over the moms. If you got one sitting near you and you came with her today, man, just grab her hand or put an arm around her, and I'm just going to pray. Let's pray together for our moms. Fathers, we accept your invitation to step into life yoked 
to the creator, to Jesus. And we learn to be your apprentices in how life should be, the rhythms and the joy and the way to balance things. We, we ask that we would honor and recognize you first. You're here, your invitation is for us to enter a relationship with you. You say that because of our brokenness, we don't even know how, that we have to come to you in confession of all the things we've tried that have not been your way, confessing them, turning to your way, and stepping into your yoke. So today, God, for anybody who's interested in that, desiring that, feels called by that today, that you would whisper to them that they can be your child by placing their faith in you, turning from their life on their terms, and entrusting their life to you your way. Confession, repentance, receiving. God, and then for all the moms in the house today, that their blessings would just be abundant today and this week, throughout the year, but particularly this moment. We would identify them as the people who give us life and bring life to our families, and God, we would just celebrate the heck out of them. Bless them, Lord. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your presence, but more than that, let them feel the gentle yoke of your presence as you come alongside them to lead them. We pray this in the precious name of our Father and His Son, Jesus. Amen. Stand with me. Let's worship before we head out for and celebrate our moms.
Your love. 